0: Greetings, true believers, and welcome to the No Responsibility Podcast. I'm always Andrew J, here to host our show about the release and Captain America and a couple other things we want to go over. With me is Tiger Sean. What's up, man? Hey, everybody. And Suki. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) All right. Uh... (laughs) So at the time of our recording, uh, some of you might actually already have the game in your hands. Uh, FFG has done a sort of weird release thing where some stores were allowed to release it early than others, and I'm sure all of our listeners were affected differently by this announcement and the availability, and even between, you know, our group, like, Sudi has to wait. I technically have to wait. I could have, you know, tried to find a ride to one of the further stores that seemed to have gotten it. Sean got lucky himself, and he has a copy. Uh, But, yeah, the game's out there. Technically, it hit its October release, sort of. (laughs) So (laughs) here we are. Uh, It's exciting, you know, and there's even rumors that the Cat Pack and Goblin are just around the corner. Um, we don't really have a lot of hard dates, but we have a lot of fuzzy ones. So, I mean, one way or another, people are going to have the game sooner than later. It's pretty much here. If you don't have it right now, you should be able to get it next Friday. And uh, I'm just, I'm excited. I mean, you know, we've been waiting so long. And I remember a month ago feeling like, or even two months ago, we're all like, it's never coming out. We'll never make it. <laughs> it. It felt like the heat death of the universe was going to happen before Marvel.
1: <laughs> so uh, uh,
2: you guys excited, obviously? No. <laughs> <laughs> I it, It's been crazy. I managed to get a copy. A, a good friend of mine who I want to give a shout out who started listening to the podcast and who's really hyped about this game. Uh, I want to say thank you to Sean Eli for grabbing me a copy when he got his. Thanks, dude. You're a homie. Uh, And I have literally had no time to touch it since I got it on Friday. That's what you get. I I had to work Friday night, and then I had to work – yesterday and then dj last night i haven't had a free moment and we were supposed to after we record this pod i was supposed to go do something else but we decided to cancel that and we're just going to hang out after this and play the game and i just I'm, i just can't wait so let's hurry up and get this done <laughs> <laughs> all right that's it show's over See yeah you all no, thanks for tuning in everyone <laughs> have a
1: great day world's shortest episode
0: <laughs> yeah, and just real quickly, I got to play two rounds of it uh, yesterday. We we did a quick match against Rhino. I tried Captain Marvel, and my buddy was Spidey, and that went pretty smoothly. Uh, what was funny was I kept catching my friend messing up if a card said uh, Hero Power or hydro Power, but then in the next game, uh, I was playing Tony, and I might have used Stark Tower while I was in... Uh, Iron Man form that oh, might have happened. Cheater. Dun
1: dun dun! Cheater.
0: Yeah. So that's just a uh, you know PSA. You really gotta pay attention to uh you know when you can do stuff. Like he tried to use um the the Justice's thwarting card uh for two, and he tried to use Spider Man's alter ego ability to pay for it, but you can't do that because you gotta be in hero form so yeah just you just gotta like definitely make sure you're in the right uh side of your character card to be able to use the powers you want to and usually one of the best things about the game is like you do get to flip every turn so you know you can be like wait i i will modify you know when i play these cards and like cool i do these effects then i flip then i finish my turn and that's You know, like backing up a little bit, especially when you're learning the game. Like, I swear the first 10 games we're all going to play, we're all going to cheat in some silly way or some. Accidentally. Yeah. And that's just that's part of learning games. And like, it's better to, you know, forgive and back up and learn the behavior correctly, as opposed to just accept punishment when you're trying to learn a game, because you just you have to learn the repetition and there go. It becomes muscle memory. And then you won't forget it in the future. So, like, don't be too hard on yourselves. Like, a couple of your games might not be technically 100%, but have fun. I mean, you know, and it's a co-op game. Like, it's you against the game. Just that's the whole point of what we've been talking about. Like, just have fun.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty excited to get my hands on the game on Friday. Uh, Team Covenant, if you're in the Tulsa area, that's my local shop. And we're going to be playing all weekend. They're going to be doing Friday, Saturday, probably Sunday. I know Friday and Saturday for sure. It's um it's free to play, so you don't have to pay anything in. Oh no, I'm sorry. I think it's like I think it's five bucks, and you get the um the launch kit uh, promos, and then apparently they're handing out the play mats randomly. So. You're guaranteed those full arts, and then you may or may not get a playmat, but uh, that's Saturday. Friday night, we're just going to be busting everything open, uh, sleeving up our cards, and getting our butts kicked. But I'm really, 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 really excited because I finally get to actually play the game in its full force with everybody. It's not behind you know some kind of embargo. It's not only at a convention. It's not only a pre-production release. Like This is the full-blown you know, how much big? So I'm probably going to bring my phone charger and start playing, you know, movies off Netflix and bust out, you know, some Marvel music and just goof off because I'm super, super excited to start just, you know, pounding the dirt and figuring out how to beat Ultron uh asap but it's it's gonna be so much fun so yeah i think the one big thing i need to remind people to do because i've noticed people forgotten uh go buy a pack of sleeves like now sometime this week so when you open the box you're not like oh i don't
2: have any sleeves like just go get them now so you don't have to worry about that um so you got confirmation from covenant that they're gonna have the the launch kit yep uh because i like it's there's been so many questions and kind of uh like rumors swirling around because the the launch kit wasn't announced until just this last Wednesday, like literally 10, 10 days before the release event. So people were like, who's doing launches and what's what's the kit? And 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 then the other people who have stores around here were like, well, how do I get one? Like, it just seemed to be like a lot of, you know, questions swirling around the launch kit. But um, If Covenant is certain that they're getting theirs, then I imagine that everyone else will have them too.
1: Well, to clarify, on I've, I asked them and on their website, on their Facebook page, they posted the event and it explicitly states, Uh, You know, it's $5 entry and you get your the full art promos and then the um, the playmats are being given away randomly. So it's not like the old Lord of the Rings where you pay $20 and you get everybody gets it. But usually one kit covered for people. So I don't know how many kits they have. I don't know any of the details. It's just information they've posted publicly. So I'm under the assumption that they have everything covered because that's what they're advertising.
2: And and those uh, alt arts, the full arts that look like a comic book cover, look oh, just amazing.
1: I want them to do all of them that way. Like I like the full arts we got from Nova. They're beautiful, but if they start doing everything like a comic book cover, I'd rather have that. Like, no questions asked. That's so much cooler.
2: Yeah, it's a great idea.
0: I'm curious, too, you know, uh, if there's going to be ways of getting promos for characters like Captain America and Miss Marvel down the line, because I would love to see like full arts of theirs uh, in either style. Also, the playmat for the release event looks really cool. It's a cover of the game, but it's it's really snazzy. And uh, I think it's one of the. Like, I actually think all the playmats look really awesome.
1: Yeah, I hope to I hope to
2: randomly win one. That would be nice. Absolutely. So moving into our next segment, we wanted to talk a little bit about comic books. Um, and then we're going to talk a lot about the Captain America expansion. And I know that a lot of you out there are getting into this game. you're Maybe you're into comic books. Maybe you're not. But one thing that's going to happen after you play this game is you're going to get interested in the characters, in the stories. And we just want to talk a little bit about Reading and collecting comics, and and this amazing resource that we have. And uh, Jay, if you want to speak on that, uh, I'd have a couple of things to mention as well after you're done.
0: Yeah, so you know, for example, I have been doing research on Miss Marvel uh, because she's around the corner as far as the release goes. And I will admit, for the whole team, you know, none of us have actually read anything about the new Miss Marvel up until recently when I grabbed a few trades for her, and so. You know, my strategy when I want to catch up on comics or read something new, etc., is uh, I go and buy what I just said uh, are called trades, um, trade paperbacks, TPBs, and what those are are um, small, flimsy compilations of usually one arc of a character's story. And one way you can kind of look at comics, this is a little fuzzier. Now that we're more in like a Netflix age, but comics are a lot like TV, at least how TV used to be, where if you wanted to be current with comic books week after week, month after month, you know, you could go to your shop and you could get the latest books and then you could be in the conversations and zeitgeist with all your friends, you know, or... You do what I usually did and wait till, you know, a couple months after the series had ended similar to how like DVDs and box sets are released. It's like, all right, now that everyone who wanted to buy the books and collect the books and hunt the books down, have them. Now there's a cheap compilation of all the stories uh, that you can just buy and like read in one sitting and doesn't take up much space and is actually a little cheaper than if you bought all the books by themselves. And it's literally just like uh, a season of TV. You just sit down and you read. It's usually 8 to 12 books, depending on what you get, what you find. And there's even bigger ones. You know, Sometimes they go hardcover and compile 20, 30 books. And then if you're really trying to dive into a big one, they have what are called omnibuses, which are in the 40 to 60 comic book range. Um, but if you just want to know a little more about a character – uh, trade paperbacks are what I can highly recommend they only usually go between 15 and 20 dollars and you get you know a beginning middle and end of a story um, with uh, you know usually like there's almost always a little bit of background at the start of the book if you grab one that's in the middle of a series where a character you know will usually cheekily say like you know what their power set is, a little bit of their background, and just like why they're in the situation they are. Um, some writers play with that. Sometimes there's just a forwarding page that just gives you like this is blank and blah blah blah. I like it when the writers play with it. Like in one of the Miss Marvels I just read, she's being regarded as a fairy tale character uh, read to a little girl before she goes to sleep, and um, and so then there's like she had this power and she had this ideal. And all the, all the narration was set up in that fashion. And I thought that was really cool because what was funny was like how she was described wasn't always what was happening, which was part of the joke. And yeah, uh, trades just, they're just easy and convenient and consumable. And they're my favorite way to catch up on books. You don't have to get the individual comics you know, that's more for like hardcore collectors or those who like really wanna really wanna hear the new stories as soon as they come out. But TPBs are great and they usually go on sale too, uh, after a long enough time. If you look at a really old story, uh, you'd be surprised if you go to a local comic book store. Sometimes you can find some old, old stuff that they'll give you for like eight dollars. Like literally yesterday I went and bought another Miss Marble trade and I could have bought some they had a lot of books there that were less than 10 bucks.
2: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: Also, uh, this is something I just discovered. I, I knew about Marvel Unlimited. It's the website where you can pay a monthly fee. I think it's $10 a month to access all of their comics. So you don't own anything, but you get to read it. And somebody on Facebook posted a two month free trial code it's uh, Target M U, like Moose Underwear. And then 2019, so you do have to give the the website your credit card information, but you do get two months free. You just have to remember to cancel your subscription before then before you get charged. But I did that, and I read through uh, Civil War One, Civil War Two. I've read both of them. I own both of them, but it was just really fun to do it again. I read uh, Secret Invasion, Secret Wars, and then I accidentally discovered because I was reading all those. They were like, hey, you're reading all these things. We want to recommend uh, X-Men Second Coming, where they told the story of Hope and Cable coming back to the present to help the X-Men. And I never heard of it. I didn't know the story existed. And I read it. I was like, wow, this is really, really interesting because it kind of explains some of the gaps between like Marvel or uh, Avengers versus X-Men and Civil War and some other things. I was like, oh, okay, this is beginning to make a lot of sense. And so if you uh, don't have the capacity to purchase trades, you can always check out the online Marvel Universe because now I'm starting to kind of do what Jay was doing. Like I'm starting to read more Spider-Man, catch up on X-Men. I'm reading all the new um, yearly events that have happened. And it's just been a blast because it gets me more and more excited to start playing the game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I saw that villain in this issue that did this with that. And it's it kind of brings the game together. And uh, it's another, you know, uh, uh, it's a digital version to read more comics. And so that's kind of um, my thing is I don't I'm not much of an analog person, but I love digital because I can read on my phone and my computer You know, on the go at home, it doesn't really matter, but I figured I would bring that up. Someone on on the um, Facebook page posted that um, code. So, you know, if you're listening, give it a whirl. It is you know, the 27th of October. So if you listen to this like way later in the future, it probably doesn't work. I want to make that a primer. But yeah, definitely give it a shot. I've I've been enjoying it. I think I've gotten my, my money's worth from the free couple days I've been reading already.
2: So those are both great strategies for those people who, who aren't into comics but want to get more into them. You can... Go and spend not very much money, get some great trade paperbacks uh, and read about the characters you're interested in. You can go and spend not that much money on the digital version and get access to basically everything. Um, I'm kind of in a third lane where the things that I'm interested in are only the actual books. I don't collect the trades and I'm only really interested in things that uh, were big in my youth. So I'm primarily only collecting comic books from the 80s and 90s and late 70s. Uh, And I would recommend that if there is a character or or some nostalgic thing that you care about, you can get some amazing comic books for not a lot of money from these eras. Um, They're not considered particularly valuable. So I've been getting Marvel team-ups, you know, five or six of them on eBay at a time for like less than $20 uh, with shipping. And I just this week got... Uh, Spider Man with Captain uh, uh, Captain Marvel, Spider Man with Doctor Strange. Oh, Spider Man with Miss Marvel. But and this is actually really interesting because I want to borrow all of Jay's trades because the Miss Marvel in the game is quite different from the Miss Marvel I was used to from my youth, who actually was Carol Danvers. But in the game, Carol, Carol Danvers is Captain Marvel, and they have the newer version of Miss Marvel. Um, in the game. And, and and that's, it's really interesting. There's so many different weird and different backstories for all of these characters, different timelines and arcs. And there's just so much to dive into any way that you want to go about it, whatever makes the most sense to you and your pocketbook. We just recommend that uh, if you like this game, if you like these characters, Marvel is a really rewarding thing to invest in, you know, all around. So please, uh, you know, find what's right for you and just dive right in. That's what we recommend.
1: It's also really fun. To, so I do the exact same thing you do. I only collect the comic book. I don't have any trades. Um, it's really fun to like go and find that one you might be missing, or walk into a store and there's like a number one. And You're like, okay, tell me about this. And the comic book store, you know, personnel will be like, well, you know, this is what's going on, and you kind of get sucked into this new adventure and this new story. And it's very, it's very different from a lot of things right now, because we're kind of in this world where everything is just on demand, readily available, like right now. And so we're all used to watching Netflix and binging an entire season over the course of a weekend, or, you know, binging pretty much all the content we possibly can. And comics are one of the very few mediums, other than like anime, <laughs> cough, cough, My Hero Academia, that you have to wait. You have to wait week to week to week. So you can't just show up to a shop unless the entire series has been published and buy everything and read it immediately. You have to like wait. But then you get to, you know, show up to the shop every week and talk to people. And some people will talk about their expectations. Some people will talk about, you know, analyzing the book. Some people will talk about, you know, how what you're buying runs in tandem with another comic that's, you know, in the same universe and running parallel. And so it's a very interesting kind of. Experience because it's so different from what we're used to. And it kind of segues into what we're going to be talking about. And that's what makes Champions interesting, is you can't digest it one time over the course of a weekend. There's so many different ways to play the game. There's so many different heroes. There's so many different aspects. There's multiple variant levels of difficulty within the game. And it constantly brings you back to the table and back to the shop, talking with your friends about how much fun it was. Or how difficult it was, or a new strategy, or a new idea, or a new deck you want to try. And I'm so excited how that relates incredibly well with comic books as a whole.
0: And one thing that's cool too, uh, it's not easy to tell you know, where all the art comes from on the cards. Some of it are from the book, some of it's promotional material, and I'm sure some of it was made uh, specifically for the card game. But, you know, I read some Miss Marvel traits and, like, I saw the panel where Tackle comes from. She's tackling a giant robot and it's awesome. And, you know, I, I now have context, like, what that moment is from the books. And it just it made that card cooler to me. Like, it's a cool card and now I know exactly what's happening in the picture. And it just, you know, I appreciate the game a little more. Uh, and one last thing I want to say on the note for comics is that... Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and assume that most of our audience has seen, uh, you know, the MCU films. And while that uh, follows a pretty standard structure on how superheroes are portrayed and how their stories tend to go. Although one thing that's really fun, if you haven't seen Iron Man one in a long time, like Iron Man one is a really gritty movie compared to how, like how, you know, saccharin it gets later. I mean, he, shoots people in the head like it's it's actually kind of hardcore compared to how marvel's become so a fun thing to do is like watch iron man one again and see where you know this era started i do agree samurai me spider-man also gets credit for starting you know okay anyway no cut, no cut me no i'm cutting cut me you off, off. yeah cut no off.
2: stop right there you're doing so well what happened all right
0: moving on yeah <laughs> and me and me you you know you know how to fix that, Subie.
2: all right. Oh man, I thought we were keeping that in yeah, the you, show. Oh yeah, no, you, no, no, no. you keep that one. That's that's gold right there. let's <laughs> yeah, Start with Iron Man. Uh, <laughs> all right. So rolling se- into segueing into Captain America. <laughs> so now
0: uh something we've been wanting to talk about for a long time, ever since he was announced is Captain America himself. This is a character all three of us are fairly familiar with, and he's an icon of Marvel. He hasn't always been the most popular character amongst some friends that I've known who find other characters with more dynamic powers cooler. But one thing I want to bring up is just uh, what I don't think a lot of people realize is like when Captain America was created, both in real time and also in universe uh, kind of contextualizes superheroes in a unique way because when Steve Rogers was a kid, it's been brought up a few times later that like, you know, super powered characters while they existed, you know, like Wolverine was in world war two and Namor has been swimming around in the ocean since, Primordial man, and so on. Like they were around. That like superheroes weren't popularized. Like they were the same to Steve Rogers as they are to us. Where they were like myths and make believe, and like you'd buy a comic book, you know, to to go to these fantasy lands. But what made Steve Rogers cool is that a superhero to Steve Rogers was a soldier. That's what he thought was awesome. That's what he thought you know was what could help and save people. And that's the hero that he wanted to become. And obviously the events that befall him, you know, he gets the super soldier serum and he becomes captain America. And, you know, he gets all these amazing powers, but what I like about how his story has evolved over time is like, just because he has all these powers because of the super soldier serum that didn't necessarily make him captain America. Like, you know, any of us could have been juiced up to the max and like, we wouldn't have the wherewithal to throw ourselves into danger as much as he does. And like, you know, there's just, there's as many reasons why his abilities make him a better fighter as there would be for him to not fight and just run away. And like, you know, it's him choosing to put himself into the fray that makes him exciting. And he's not as powerful as Thor. He's not as dynamic as iron man. And he, he's in the front. He's taking the brunt of the assault. Yeah. He has an invulnerable shield. He's still getting hit. You know, he's still taking those blows. He still has to tell people what to do. You know, he's a field commander and like he has to pay attention to everything that's happening in the battle whilst getting, you know, hit by the hardest attacks that the enemies can land. Mm -hmm. And, you know get in front of that danger and keep his team safe and he has to do that all you know like yeah he's super strong super fast but that's still you know he's always so much and i think that's you know something people underestimate and just you know he's maybe not pound for pound the strongest character but he's doing so much of the heavy lifting that it really you have to realize like If you yourself had superpowers, you know, would you do what he does? I, you know, would you?
2: (laughs) Well, I, I understand why potentially people might not find Captain America to be the most, you know, captivating concept, but he's super, super essential to the entire kind of universe. Like every universe uh needs its paragon needs like its guiding light its north star i mean uh dc has superman superman's not that exciting to a lot of people but there needs to be that like that paragon of goodness you know and then then that becomes a comparison to the other in order to have anti-heroes you need to have heroes and cap is the consummate hero he's always down He'll never let you down. He is going to do what's right every time, all the time. And, you know, vanilla ice cream isn't very sexy, but it needs to exist. (laughs) You know, and that's what it is. Cap is the vanilla ice cream. He is the, the, the base of your sundae. You know, like he's not as cool as chocolate syrup, but... You don't want to drink a cup of chocolate syrup, you know. That's not. Wait a minute. Well, okay. I like chocolate uh, yeah. syrup in my milk. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, like, he's the vanilla. <laughs> he's the vanilla ice cream of the of the Marvel world, you know. And I understand, like, people aren't gonna be super juiced, but it that needs to exist. He needs to be there. He sets the standard for everybody else. Basically, is how I feel. And uh, he. And the other thing, a little bit that I love, just about the conception, the the concept of Captain America is like Jay made this point earlier and I'll just repeat it is that he's he's not captain government he's captain america he represents the ideals of what what is best about america he's not just some tool of the government and 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 what I love about his conception is that they came up with this idea of this character who represents america he doesn't have a giant gun he doesn't have a huge weapon he has a shield he's for defending people he's for helping to stop aggression you know and and i always loved that as a kid it's like you know we all love america we all want america kick butt you know but but he is like america is not just about brute power it's about ideals and uh and and standing up for what's right so i think they did a really good job with the, the, his symbol being the shield i think is much more uh appropriate you know uh in general and and it makes for just, some really awesome kind of battle sequences too. the shield is just hilarious. And we'll get into that when we start breaking down his cards too.
1: Yeah. I also think cap has one of the, or some of the better villains in the Marvel universe, like by far outside of like Dr. Doom and Magneto who are two of my favorites. But I think, you know, Red Skull is a very, very great, well-written villain. Uh, Baron Zemo. That's a really interesting villain. Um, like, there's, there's more to Cap than just Cap. It's his entire kit, which includes, you know, Bucky, who turns into the Winter Soldier, eventually brings in Sam Wilson, who becomes Falcon, and then so on and so forth. You've got his storyline with uh, Natasha Romanoff. Um, there's, there's a lot of different things that he brings to the table. That makes him interesting. Like Cap is one of my favorite characters, just not because of him himself, but because of everything that surrounds him. Especially when they use his character in big events like um, X Men versus or Avengers versus X Men and Civil War. Like everybody goes to Cap, and even when they don't agree with him, they still respect him.
0: All right, um, quick piece of trivia for both of you guys. Uh, so Cap. Has some pretty hilarious powers when he was created. And you have to remember, you know, he's an old, old comic book character, you know, way back in the day when, like, ideas came from anywhere and, you know, when you're trying to make a new character exciting and cool. Um, I'm going to name three abilities, and I want you guys to guess uh, which one is uh, not an ability he uh, started with. So the three powers are super intellect, sees faster or bullet resistant skin.
2: So, he's super smart or he has super vision or he has bullet resistant skin. And is it a power, I think that, I know the answer a power that he no longer has or he only originally had? He didn't start he didn't start with. He didn't start with. Oh, go, go ahead. No, super. he
0: did these these are when he was created powers. Oh,
2: he had them all or oh
1: Wow. One, one of them he didn't. One of them he
2: Okay, go ahead. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> I I'm are we correct? Is that is that the question in being yeah. posed? Okay. I believe it's the uh he can see into the future thing.
0: So, this was a bait. Uh all those things are part of his original kit. <laughs> I hate you. All right. Well, <laughs> so, I quit. I'm out of here. So, what uh I want to focus on though is uh the sees faster thing has always been really funny to me. Because that's a very, to me, that's a classic old school sci-fi trying to come up with something cool that you can't like put into words. You know what I'm trying to say? Like way back in the day when you're trying to come up with super abilities. And what I believe they were going for is he can like assess a battle situation quicker and then come up with a solution faster, you know, than the average person. But like humanistically
2: like seen faster isn't even it's it's kind of like a like a generic spidey sense almost like a vision-based spidey sense
0: yeah and you know like on paper it doesn't even make sense but i like the idea that you know his strategic mind is you know that advanced and he can you know make decisions that quickly to me that's very cool it's a funny way of writing that but um i wanted to highlight it because it's one of the f- you know as far and wide as comic books go with you know bizarre and crazy powers i've always laughed at scene faster is one of the uh, bizarrest things i've ever read in a comic
2: book <laughs> i don't know <laughs> we didn't we just go over the guy with like the Sp- mouth spaceship and <laughs> this is not bizarre by any ex phantom or anyway yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's let's dive into this expansion we've talked about captain america uh, you know what a paragon would uh, maybe not sexy but very awesome character to all of us and in the game he's represented uh as a two to attack two defense character uh with uh 11 hit points and a hand size of five which is pretty standard um his his uh, Captain America ability action is called "I Can Do This All Day," which I love uh, the name of that, <laughs> and it's incredibly powerful. It's every turn, once per turn, you can discard a card from your hand to ready him. Um, that is game warpingly strong. Um, Straight guess. So yeah, that is uh, going to do work. That's going to do a lot of work. Um, so, thoughts on his ability, you guys? He's not broken. <laughs> i mean as far as we can tell i mean in, in you know i'm being
1: satirical but if you look at the current cards in the game um it costs two cards to untap somebody at the minimum it's that gray the the um you think it's generic card
2: and it costs three it, two to play one two, to activate. yeah you have to yeah. uh, use a uh... Uh, And it's a specific resource to trigger it. Yeah, it's um, around it.
1: It's physical. Yeah. So it's going to cost you. I mean, like in my head, it's a minimum of two cards, potentially a third card, because you might have some sort of way to generate that resource. But Captain America just flat out basically says, what's the worst card in your hand? Just get rid of it and I'll do a thing. Um, But it also harkens back to the previous episode where we were talking about how FFG has built the system where uh, every once in a while you kind of get hit with a mismath number where you have too many cards and you have to overspend to do a thing. Um, Cap just lets you take literally the worst thing in your hand and turn it into him swinging a second time. Or if you play everything out and you have one card left in your hand, great, you can use Captain America to do whatever he wants twice. Like It gives you a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility, and at a astonishingly low mathematical cost, which... I'm very impressed that it was just one card. Like, even at two cards, it's still good. But one card is just like, okay, yeah, why not? This is really, really good.
2: Well, it seems pretty obvious that they had to make this a limit once per turn. Well, once per round, I guess is the right word. Uh, because otherwise, just game over you know uh there is a little bit of a wrinkle like yes uh you take your worst card and you turn it into two attack or two thwart or you know whatever but the other thing or two blocks yeah potentially uh whatever works the the best uh you could also uh do something um ready him and then flip him over and heal um uh, Mm -hmm. it gives you a little more flexibility but the problem with him and i think that uh, we'll talk about this when we get to his alter ego power, is that you don't want to have too many expensive cards in, in your deck because a turn where you have to decide between buying an expensive card and using his ability, it's going to be a tough call. Um, and I think that his alter ego power mitigates that quite a bit. And um, if you want, we can just jump right into what that is. Uh, so his alter ego is Steve Rogers. Has a three recover stat, which is pretty low considering, uh, you know, the average that we've seen so far. Um, But his ability is called Living Legend, and you reduce the cost of the first ally played each round by one. So this is great because allies tend to be expensive. You want to cut down on the number of expensive cards in his deck so that you can trigger his hero ability a lot more often. Um, and he comes with a leadership aspect, which means you're going to be playing allies a lot with him. Uh, so it just makes a ton of sense. And I'm pretty sure this triggers with make the call. Is it with the, would you guys agree with that?
0: I believe it would. The thing that I'm confused slightly by his power is that it's written globally. It's not referring to you. So that'll be interesting Ooh. in like the timing, like if you're not the first player, but your buddy like drops a guy first. Like I'm going to, I, I'm, I think it's awesome. I'm just curious how that's going to play out. Uh, Like Like, how groups are going to remember that. And I mean, if you only use it on yourself, I don't think anyone's going to be too upset, but, um, just something to keep in mind it technically it says first ally played each round it doesn't refer to uh you playing the card
1: yeah it's interesting because if you have someone playing leadership you can get a lot of gas helping them with steve on top of if you have helicarrier or avengers mansion to get that plus one card which essentially turns into a one cost discount um it does proc based on the first person but that's what's interesting is you can use captain america to help bolster your team even if you're not even doing anything which is both thematic and very um strategic at the same time so i really like his design both in hero mode and alter ego mode because there's a practical application depending on what situation you're in which is very much Captain America. Like he's the Swiss army knife of, hey, what do we need to do? And he's like, I can do it. I can fix it. I can you know do this all day. And it's uh, it's neat that the developers are figuring out how to make these cards useful, playable and thematic at the same time. Because we've seen a lot of games, not just FFG games, but just games in general where a card is usually only really strong at representing one aspect of the game itself. So it's like, hey, it's really thematic, but it's not super playable. Or it's super playable, but it's not really thematic. Or, you know, whatever else there could be in that game structure. And I think Cap is uh, hitting the head on, you know, hitting the dots just
2: everywhere. A couple quick things before we move too far ahead. Uh, One is that his alter ego has a hand size of six, which is totally standard, as far as we can tell at this point. The second is that he has a setup ability to search your deck and discard pile for his Captain America shield upgrade and put it in your hand. So he gets to start with the shield at the beginning of the game. Uh, which is an extra card, um, and we'll get into what the shield does in a second. But it's it's really very good. But my my thought, like right off the bat, was that uh, if you're not playing, like it's pretty obvious that when you play She Hulk, you want to put the aggression upgrade on her and give her the extra attack. If you're not playing with She Hulk, I honestly think that Captain America is your number one target for those uh, stat upgrades, um, just because of his ability to do double duty, so to speak. Um, it doesn't really matter which aspect you throwing on him. It just makes him just a beast. If he has an extra thwart from justice, or he has an extra attack value from aggression, or he has an extra block from, from protection, uh, those are all going to do a lot of work. Uh, if you put them on captain America, um, just because he gets to do double duty every turn by discarding. I think that everybody would be really wise to start throwing those uh, those stat upgrades on him right away.
1: Yeah, and something to bring up about his setup ability, because it says search your deck and discard pile for the Captain America's shield upgrade, uh, to me that basically means if you have the shield upgrade in your hand, uh, discard it immediately so you get to draw another card, because he's just going to put it right back in. Um yeah. Steve, basically, Rogers means you you start with a seven card hand. I think that's really, really nice, especially since they specifically said discard pile. Uh, a lot of people I noticed are confused about why would they say discard pile? Why would you ever put it in the discard pile? Because you have the opportunity to mulligan early game.
0: Same with Black Panther. Uh, it's the same setup timing, um, same yeah. idea, which is pretty cool. A uh, couple of quick things I want to bring up uh, real fast on both sides of this card it's interesting to me uh i'm happy that it's celebrated on both sides that he's a soldier uh even if there isn't a card that cares in the game at any point in the future um i still think it's important that you know he's a soldier that's part of his identity and i think that's really cool it's a little funny to me that he's only shield on his altar side i don't know if you can have three you know typings on a side maybe they're trying to limit it to two Uh, you know, it's cool that it's represented though. Um, on his cap side, he's an Avenger, obviously. Uh, and you know, typings are weird, you know, why wouldn't he be an Avenger? But I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's reasons for it. I'm sure they'll crop up later, but it's just something that I noticed when they first reveal him that stuck out to me. But one thing that I want to, uh, posit to both of you guys, um, I agree that he seems like a beast, But something that's interesting to me is that his recovery is only three, which is one of the lowest we've seen. And I'm wondering, you know, in a uh, like a expert mode difficulty encounter, if, you know, there's ways of taking damage outside of being attacked that, you know, his awesome defensive abilities can't always help him or if a bunch of minions hit the board and he just gets slapped around a little bit, you know, I'm curious if he can do this all day and how uh, <laughs> how much he will struggle uh, with that low recovery score um, and how that will impact his gameplay. I'm not, I'm not saying this makes him bad. I'm just saying I could see, you know, taking a really nasty rhino charge that, you know, just hit for nine, and even though you had four defense, you still took five. That's um, half of his health, r- roughly. Um, things like that add up. And um, I'm curious, you know, if he's going to have to lick his wounds sometimes, how that's going to mess up his ability to do double strikes and so on. So I think that's a cool balancing turn is that, uh, you know, he can't he can't get up and go as fast as She-Hulk can as we've seen miss marvel holy cow um so something to keep in mind
2: and his health pool is not that large i mean 11 is kind of middling uh, at best um but he does have a little bit of help from his shield which we can uh jump into now which you get to search for and grab it's an upgrade a one-cost upgrade uh it you can, if you're really silly, spend it for a wild resource, but <laughs> we don't recommend doing that. Uh, but it's restic- restricted, meaning max two restricted cards per player. Do we have an example of another restricted card yet That of any type? It's the first one, but
0: uh, I remember Michael mentioning when we talked to him that the idea is like two hands Sun cards. Um, oh, like,
2: so I imagine maybe Thor's hammer is going to be restricted or something like that. That makes sense. It's like a signature thing. Uh, and the uh, shield actually has a pretty good ability. It says Captain America gets plus one defense and gains retaliate one. So this is good. You can't put it on anybody else and get any real benefit from it. But if he has it, his health pool goes up a little bit. And every time he's attacked, he does some damage back at the attacker, which I think helps mitigate his uh, recovery, his low recovery stat a bit.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of different lines of play with Cap, especially when you can untap him at the cost of a card because with the shield online you essentially have three defense one attack when you defend so you can easily become you know if you're going up against Ultron you can just become a tank against those little drones where you defend and kill one and then you spend the card to untap and then do whatever you want Um, you can if you're playing protection you know, there's a lot of cards inside of the protection aspect that give you extra boosts to defense. So you can become, you know, similar to Spider-Man where you're running in front of everybody, you throw up the shield, you just take the hit and you may or may not actually stick any damage onto your character because of so many powerful uh, defensive options. So uh, my favorite thing that I wanted to do with Cap was give him the leadership aspect, but I just find it so interesting that his versatility especially with the shield you can pretty much give him any aspect and he's just good at whatever he's doing like with aggression he's dealing damage with justice he's thwarting with leadership he's putting out allies and he has a discount and then if you do protection like he could just run in and block and then you untap him and block again
2: and it's just like man what can this character not do and and he's maybe the one hero so far that i feel like oh i'm you know, if I'm running protection, I'm I might actually run those heal cards. Uh so that I don't have to worry about his low thwart. I can just heal him up with those cards which are usually a little bit less than sexy. I usually wanna like play those on an, an ally to keep them out a little longer or something, but but it might be best just to just knock damage off of him with that and just never recover and just keep him doing work.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh yeah, this card is is excellent it's pretty much everything we wanted i also laugh a little bit that um apparently you know if you're panther or your cap and you have vibranium in the card game it reflects damage instead of absorbs everything in <laughs> quotes so it's kind of a similar theme cracks me up a little bit but it's neat that they can kind of serve similar roles depending on what you're looking to do uh but of course with the shield comes shield toss uh this is the card that a lot of people tried to speculate on how you know this was going to be done because obviously uh most of us wanted it to air quote cost the shield in order to play it um because obviously you're literally throwing the shield so do you discard it um it's not quite that uh rough because Typically when he throws a shield, it has magical boomerang powers and goes right back to him. So, uh, as the card is worded, it's a zero cost event, um, hero action, attack, superpower, uh, discard X cards from your hand, then return Captain America's shield from play to your hand, deal four damage to X enemies. So you have to discard at least one card to hit one target, because if you discard zero, you don't hit anything. Zero is not, uh as many guys. So this card technically costs one, but it's nice that it doesn't cost one to play it. So I think it's reasonable that it's free air quotes. And then if there's a minion worth, you know, trouncing, uh, I probably wouldn't discard one to kill like a one health or a two health guy, but a three or four or obviously higher, like, yeah, bounce it off their face. Um, and then you get the shield back, uh, right to your hand, which is awesome. Uh, It's also an energy resource. Energy tends to be pretty good in a lot of aspects so far. It seems to be the strongest resource type we've seen thusly that might shift. Hopefully the others get um, more of their due but uh, it's hard to be upset with an energy resource like I know not everybody loves vision, but it powers up vision, you know, things like that. So it's pretty cool. Um,
2: This card could potentially save your game. That's my feeling. Like uh, using it for just a four damage attack, I think is a a little bit like it's okay. But if you get into one of those situations where it snowballs and like three or four uh, minions come out, And like this could potentially save your game. Uh, It's a little bit tricky because returning the shield to your hand lowers your health pool by one. And that could be problematic. Um, You keep saying health, but it's defense. Well, he gets an, he gets an extra defense, or he gets an extra health? No, no, for... you get
1: an extra health for the shield. So you go from two 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 to two two three. Oh, that's not right. health. No, no,
2: that's defense. That's defense. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it buffs his defense stat, and I thought it upped his health pool. No.
1: Oh no, no, it makes his defense three, which means you can block six for one card. Oh wow! Which is and then if you great. get the
2: defense upgrade on him, the uh, the yeah. the just no the protection one yeah uh, yeah ho- holy holy moly yeah he does a. yeah he's, he's
1: four defense one retaliate
2: oh wow okay so i guess it, uh you know uh slash that uh it doesn't affect your health pool to re- return your shield um but you are gonna have to play like pay to play the shield again um So I I really like the card. I think it has a high upside. Um, I'd be scared to play it as a resource, but I guess it depends on the situation.
1: I mean, the nice thing is they clearly figured out that the shield is going to be in your hand over the course of the game. So the shield, (laughs) once again, I keep getting impressed by the theme of this set because you put the shield on cap and it gives him a defense, which is thematic. And then you throw the shield to do a bunch of damage, which is also thematic. And the shield goes back into your hand. And if you need to recast it, it's still one. But if you need, like you're in desperate need of any kind of resource you can pitch the shield and it will help figure out your problem it's just like uh marvel and ffg why did you not do this sooner it's so cool but The thing for me is like mathematically, because I'm kind of a math person. This is a insane amount of value. One card for four damage. If you just pitch, because if you have a hand size of five, you're going to get rid of the shield toss as an event with four cards left in hand. If you pitch four cards, that's 16 damage. We don't have anything right now that's nearly as high, because I think right now, what is it? It's the Spidey Punch is two for eight, three for eight, three for eight, three for eight. Yeah. So that's. Four cards for eight damage, you know, one for the card itself and three to pay the cost. Shield toss is a, you know, high, high, high value, but you don't also have to spend all those cards if you don't need to. Like with the the punch from Spidey, you have to spend three resources and one card you know the event itself so like shield toss is just super flexible uh the downside is it doesn't recognize the amount of resources on your card so if you pitch a card that has multiple resources you don't get extra damage so that's kind of that weird trade is you know if your card if your hand is full of like one resource cards this is infinitely better than if you're pitching multiple cost multiple resource cards Uh, but also being able to just to target whatever enemies you want is exceptionally great because you can say okay i'm putting four damage into you know the main villain i'm putting four damage into like modok who i think has like six health or tiger shark who has i think he also has six health um or you can like if you have clint like if you have hawkeye on your table him and captain america's shield toss is just gratuitous amounts of damage to just clean out some of these big villains that can pop out and make your day really miserable. So
2: we, we don't have anything with multiple targeting yet. The closest thing I can remember is that uh, there's a uh, aggression a, a attack card that if you use a certain resource, uh, you attack a minion. If you use a certain resource, then the, uh, the rest of the damage will go to the villain. Um so that's the only thing I can recall off the top of my head that like actually deals out damage to more than one character, but it's a little bit situational. Uh, if the villain doesn't have any minions in play, then that card doesn't really do anything. Um, whereas this always works, uh, at least for four, and potentially a whole lot more.
0: There is slight trickiness to it, in just that if you don't Replay the shield. Like if you don't afford yourself the resources to put it back on the field, and you keep it in your hand, a you don't have that defense, and b you don't draw as many cards. So just Mm. something to keep in mind. Again, I'm not like (laughs) I feel like I'm being Debbie Downer a lot this episode, but I'm just I'm just trying trying to keep everyone you know remember that there are. I feel like Cap has a lot of hidden costs to all of his benefits that you have to remember that you might end up playing him a little inefficiently. And again, I really think that uh we'll learn as we play expert mode, you know, you just have to make sure you're keeping account of all of those things. Um, otherwise you're not drawing as many cards and that, you know, can hold you back.
1: Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm noticing like mechanically, you you kind of hit the nail on the head. Uh Cap has a lot of special abilities that are really cool and really thematic and really like overpowered. Uh, but if you look at his kit, he is dumping cards left and right. Like he's dumping a card to untap himself. He's dumping cards to use shield toss. Um, like he's gonna be spending cards like he burns through his deck seemingly faster than anyone we've seen before, just because of how his kit has been designed. And I think that's interesting, but also very deceptive because you're going to, you know, if you if you burn through your deck too quickly, you're going to get hit with multiple cards. Uh you're going to get hit with like there's there's just a there's a there's an ebb and a flow. And I think that's the other side of cap that makes it interesting is you really have to understand how to manage the resources and cards in your hand with cap a little bit more than any other character just because he gains value out of everything everywhere. So you always are presented with this question of, are the cards in my hand more valuable than the actions I can take with Captain America's kit? And that's a, that's a very interesting challenge to be presented to the player um, in terms of playing Captain America and the difficulty setting on whichever villain you're playing against. At the same time. And I really like that a
2: lot. I, I think that that's probably the reason why he wasn't in the core set. Uh, but it, it's obvious that he's iconic and needs to be one of the first heroes added to the game. But I think he's maybe mechanically uh, just a little bit more difficult. I would even say he might have a higher skill cap. Oh, but um, <laughs> uh, but and I think that you want to kind of learn the game with the core heroes, and then once you feel real comfortable, uh, cap is going to provide you with a, a like a little bit more challenge and a little bit more uh, flexibility, and and see what you can do with somebody who's mechanically a little bit more uh, uh challenging. So
0: next up in the preview, we have Falcon Sam Wilson. He is a four-cost leadership ally, so the important thing there is we don't uh, know what Cap's, like, ally that comes with him in his kit. A lot of us assume it's either Bucky or even Winter Soldier, but we don't know that for sure, so uh, that wasn't revealed to us, but we do have Sam Wilson, uh, current Captain America in some iterations, and... Just a really fun character. I like this art. I like this angle. Uh, it's really dynamic. He's diving in. Um, he costs four. He has two thwart, two attack, three health. and response, after Falcon enters play, look at the top three cards of the encounter deck. For each treachery, looked at this way. Remove one threat from a scheme. So as long as you don't flip minions and other schemes, um, you can... Knock out some threat, which uh, I think is a pretty cool cost-benefit. You also get to see what's coming in general regardless, which is a lot of good information. To thwart, to attack. He can uh, knock either of them down at equal measure. And then one thing I find cool about him is he inherently has the aerial trait, which is something you can get as Iron Man and Captain Marvel. And it makes me wonder if there's going to be a card later that says, you know, buff an aerial target or for every aerial you have or something. um, He could synergize with that and that could potentially be really cool. Uh, So
2: yeah. He has the Avenger trait too, which is important uh, for a card we're going to cover here shortly. Um, I think he's kind of expensive for his stats at four, but I think that that gets mitigated a little bit, obviously by your uh, alter ego ability. Um, so it's, it's kind of tricky now that caps in the game, especially with leadership allies, uh, the pricing is going to be a, like a tricky thing to balance. Um, you don't want them to be too cheap. Um, uh, but honestly, I think outside of using power of leadership or caps, uh, alter ego ability, this guy might be a little too pricey for other leadership decks. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah. The, the gold standard right now for a four drop, in my opinion, is Nick Fury. Because you get anything and uh, Falcon, the way I see it based on the mechanical design of Falcon is there, I see him as a three drop uh, character ally with no text in his like ability box. And then they were like, well, we'll make him maybe even a two drop, like a two, two, three. Because the other problem is uh, every time he attacks or thwarts, he deals damage to himself. So, they've made him more expensive because of his ability, which in any game, especially card games, information is valuable. And if you play him for four, like if you hard cast for four and you get two thwart off of his ability and then you thwart again, you know, four, four resources for four thwarts really good, even if you get three. So, if, even if you hard cast him at four and you find one treachery and you pull off a threat. And then you thwart immediately again, give him a damage, and you take three threat. Like mathematically, that's still a very efficient play. But yeah, I can see exactly what you're saying. Like the way I look at him is like if you play him and you whiff, like you you wasted a turn, you wasted four resources. It feels really really bad, and you know it's a high risk high reward. So having Caps' uh, alter ego passive helps a lot bringing it down to three if you have Avengers Mansion you can draw another card which essentially brings it down to two then if you also have hella hella uh, carrier you can bring it down to one and that's when you kind of get this really gassy turn where you can reduce Falcon to a one drop and then you're like firing on all cylinders of course if he's the first uh ally played that turn so it, it can get pretty spicy if you want it to be <laughs> but yeah hard casting him I don't think I would ever hard cast for four for any reason like it's just terrible terrible value uh, in my opinion.
0: I'm going to go the other way personally. Um I think the information gained by his ability is a ton and if you, you know, if you find out a schemes coming cuz like schemes throw huge wrenches into what you're doing cuz now you have to deal with this on top of everything else. I I think he'd be too good if he was cheaper with this power. I know you were saying like this power pushed him to this level i think it does because it's so much information personally like i agree i don't know if i would hard cast him every turn even with that much you know power allocated to his ability but uh if i'm playing leadership i'm playing this guy uh i think it's I think that's worth it, and I think the stats are fine, and I think allies being able to take hits. And also, you can recur him and get more information. I, again, you have to pay
2: for it, but I don't know. I'm I'm on Team Falcon right now. He's in this weird spot where I feel like three would be too cheap, but four feels a little too expensive. You know, it's like he's really a three and a half call. He's a three and a half. Yeah, he, yeah. and it's like they can't you know, obviously make that choice. So you
1: just rip a card in half and send it to your discard. Pile. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, uh, I think, I think if you're going to air air on the side of slightly too expensive, especially because leadership already has recursion built into it. And, you know, Cap's got that, you know, discount built into him. So I, I think it's fine. I, I really just, am questioning whether or not I'm going to be putting him into leadership decks that aren't cap. Uh but we'll we'll see. We'll have to try him out and see how it goes. Um did you guys have any other thoughts on Falcon before we move on to what I consider the best spoiler of the entire article?
1: Well, I'm really excited to talk about this this next card. But you were you asked in a previous episode about like the meta champions and I feel like Falcon kind of plays to that question because his value goes up and goes down based off of encounter decks that are heavy with treacheries or heavy with schemes and um, minions. So um, right now, everything's kind of neutral. But depending on what future packs we see, future modules and things, you know, if you see something that's super heavy with treacheries and all kinds of terrible events, you can get a lot of gas out of Falcon because he can just remove threat like crazy um, and then vice versa. So I think you'll see falcon kind of come and go as the course of the game evolves but i think it's interesting that there's already a card that kind of plays to how you know, like he plays really well for some villains and plays really poorly to other villains where a lot of cards right now are just kind of generic like they just work in any given situation like you heal x amount of you know wounds or you deal x amount of damage or you draw x amount of cards like it doesn't matter what you're facing off against falcon definitely cares what's in that encounter deck
2: he's he's kind of like jessica jones in a way in that she's much better in certain situations and i i feel like it's the same with him uh if 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 you hit a bunch of uh treachery then you're stoked if you whiff on the treachery uh maybe you're not feeling so great about it well but yeah i don't three oh, minions
1: I, oh no <laughs>
2: that's funny because i just see the treachery thing as a
0: bonus i'm not i'm gonna play this card and if i see three minions or steams like or
2: obligations you think the information to, is worth it I do. Okay. I do. All right. We'll see how that goes. Uh, can I read us into my favorite card of the, the spoiler? Yeah, go for it. Okay. You guys, I'm so stoked about this. <laughs> Avengers that, assemble! It's a <laughs> it's a leadership event card. It comes in at a hefty four cost, and it has a limit. You can only play this card once per round. What so you know that whatever it says underneath that is going to be good. Uh, and it reads. Uh, oh, I should mention, it's got a uh, energy resource. Not that you're ever going to use it for that. Uh, <laughs> Hero action, ready each Avenger character you control until the end of the phase. Each Avenger character in play gets plus one thwart and plus one attack. That's important. Everybody in the core set is an Avenger. Uh, Thor that's been announced is an Avenger. Miss Marvel's an Avenger. Miss Marvel is an Avenger. So this is, at least initially, out of the box, going to do a lot of stuff with a lot of different characters Uh, in a lot of different decks
1: now there's a couple parameters though Uh, if your friends that you're playing with are flipped into their alter ego mode they don't get the bonus because they're not in play correct because this only triggers on cast so you can't be peter parker and then flipping into spider-man like i get the bonus it's like no you you only get the avengers assemble bonus when this card is played uh also reading each avenger character you control is straight up gross like when i look at this and c4 i'm like yes when i see falcon at four i'm like no <laughs> um, this this is a card
2: this is a really really powerful card what other avenger allies do we have is a hulk I imagine probably, uh, we, we'd have to look, I think vision is an
1: Avenger. I know Nick Fury is
2: not right. He's shield, uh, Black Widow? Yeah, uh, shield, Spider woman. I, we'll Star- have to go through, be- um, and see, yeah. uh, which all the Avengers, but there's, this is definitely going to do work and there's only going to be more Avengers added to the game. Uh, And we'll just we'll just fold in this next card because we think it's kind of important when talking about Avengers Assemble is that there is a new basic card called Honorary Avenger that costs zero and can give a character the Avenger trait and it gets plus one hit point as well. So there's a way to turn everything in the game that's not an Avenger into an Avenger so that Avengers Assemble procs even more. Um, This is also how you give cap extra hit points. Oh, by giving. Oh, yeah. I, uh, that's actually anybody extra hit points. That's awesome. I didn't think yeah, about cons- that. So you might want to play this even if they're already an Avenger.
1: Yeah, there's a there's a play restriction. So play only if your identity has the Avenger trait attached to a friendly character, which is whoever you want. And then they get plus one hit points and the Avenger trait. You can't have double Avenger, but at least it doesn't say you have to attach to a character that doesn't have the trait. Like So basically for zero resources, you get one extra hit point. And as soon as I saw this card, I'm like, oh, it's not even unique. So, yeah, I'm running three of these in all my decks forever because uh, i can stack it on cap and give him you know 14 health Seems Yeah,
0: pretty good especially I, even more so
2: in a physical deck yep or if you're running leadership because avengers assemble is a leadership card so you just get extra synergy out of running the three of the uh honorary this is going to be tons of fun i can't wait to play with this
1: oh yeah I'm I'm really surprised it wasn't restricted or had some kind of limitation where, like, you can only have one honorary Avenger title per character or something. Because I'm like, wait, I can just stack this on whoever I want. Oh, yes, please. And it's zero. It's free. Well, it's a one card, but still like, wow. Okay.
0: It's even neat that you can get an extra use out of an ally just using it that way. And that's probably going to make some cool swings for your turns. Um, But real quick. On Avengers Assemble, there's a, there's an exclamation point in that title. Uh, <laughs> uh, one thing that I think is cool, um, you can't always, you know, see the future from card art. Sometimes card art is just card art. But if you looked in the bottom left corner, we see a yes! very short Ghost Rider. Yes, <laughs> I see him. I'm, I believe he's sitting on his bike in the actual art, which is why he's so low to the crowd. <laughs> but <laughs> I uh, thought he was
1: like complaining. He's like, you know, sitting yeah, down, pumping his he arm. He's like, I don't I don't want to be an Avenger. I'm I'm not Avenger. I'm not here, guys.
0: But uh in the current run of the Avengers as they are now, he is an Avenger, so maybe yep. he's gonna crop up later, but you know, you can't you can't sit on too much speculation like this because I believe the card Inspired has Gamora on it. And while we all want, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, like who knows when
1: they're
2: oh, She's coming. And Rocket, we'll get to go, yeah. Rocket and Star-Lord are on the cover of the game. Yeah, yeah and so. Rocket has his card too.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's not happening. It just it doesn't mean it's going to happen soon or whatever. We never know. Just to jump to another game real quick. I mean, set one of Destiny had Kyle Katarn in it. He's never he's never been on a card in the future. You know, Sigh, don't remind later. me. It's very sad. Yeah. So very sad. It doesn't always mean they're coming, but maybe, you know, maybe. That's true. I know a lot of people love Ghost Rider, and it's unfortunate that his show got canceled, delayed, no matter how you slice it. But apparently the special effects of making a flaming still head look cool are bonkers expensive. So
1: Can we get a Nicolas Cage version of Ghost Rider? No. <laughs> 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 Moving on.
2: Okay, so, talking about. so i okay. have a important question for you guys that regarding that that last thing that we covered um but let's try to dig through the rest of these release cards real fast and then i, c- I can let you guys speculate uh so we've got- i want to
1: say one quick thing real quick about about this card uh this is what gets me really excited about playing marvel champions and that is you have to communicate that you have this card with your allies especially if you're like very low in the chain of Like who goes first? So if you're like the third player, you're probably going to be like, "Hey guys, I got Avengers Assemble. I'm going to wait until like I'm closer to being first, so that everyone gets this huge play." Um, Especially if it's like early game where you don't really need it, Um, you're going to be table talking about how to use the maximum amount of value out of this card. Because if everyone is in alter ego mode and you play it, you're really not going to get much out of it. So you're going to want to like tell people, "Hey." You know, next turn, flip over into your hero mode. I know we're going to get attacked, but we can use Avengers Assemble and get all these bonuses and start to make these big plays. And it's cards like this that help facilitate that community of playing the game as a cooperative game, not just having this one player kind of dictate you know who does what calling quarterback shots you get to say hey we're about to assemble and people are like oh oh wh- oh okay so you know if you've got allies you want to play get them out on the table you know if you're gonna flip into hero mode make sure you do it because i'm gonna play this card and we're gonna you know beat some you know kick some cans and you know kick some heads in. people are like, all right time to assemble yeah let's go
2: i, I also like it that we also now have a, a a good target for power of leadership that's not an ally because there aren't really uh, many expensive leadership events to, to yep. pay for yet. So mm-hmm. now it's like, oh yeah, okay, great. I can include this in my deck and my power of leadership is going to do like double work for me. Um, it's it's just great. Like this with caps built in on tap, you, you just can make a crazy turn happen. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, Yeah, I think we're all really excited about that card, and rightfully so, and the Honorary Avenger card, which just helps to buff that Avengers Assemble even more. Um, Anybody want to talk about Cap's obligation?
0: Yeah, for his obligation, we have Man Out of Time, which is uh, something I really appreciate about his backstory and something that I really like it when the writers of the stories tap into when you know he doesn't always get stuff and you know like they play with it a little in the movies you know i get that reference and i loved it when he had that little tiny uh notebook that he like wrote like band names in and stuff to like research later and just those little pieces that you know fully form him more as a character uh and so it's kind of neat that it's tapped into uh just like all the obligations before it, you may flip to your alter ego form if you're not there already. And then your options are exhaust Steve Rogers, or root man out of time from the game, or discard half the cards in your hand, rounded down, and discard this card. So um, it's... Obligations are weird, and they're interesting to me that a lot of times you can... I don't want to say easily, but it seems like they aren't super punishing in a lot of cases. Although um, if you're set up to be forced to turn and then like the boss gets extra schemes going and maybe you're close to the scheme limit, like maybe you'll lose that way. It's hard to see many of these make you choose the uh, version of the card where it doesn't go away permanently, but I'm hoping you know uh events happen where these become more punishing i don't know what do you guys think
2: i don't know i think the the obligation plus the possibility of your uh nemesis coming out combined kind of are the you know things bad things that can happen i don't really feel like any of the obligations are all that scary but if they come out at the wrong time i think it could really punish you
1: of uh all the characters, I feel like kept kind of gets around this the most, since you can use his action to, you know, untap him. So this one feels the least punishing. Um I kind of wish they would have changed. Like, the, the, clearly all the obligations right now are kind of a copy and paste. They're all pretty much exactly the same for the first part. Exhaust character, remove this from the game, or a somewhat less punishing thing but the obligation can come back and generally the player base just eats the obligation exhausts themselves to get rid of it permanently um but captain america yes you're steve rogers when you get hit with this but you can just slip over to cap and discard a card to ready him so it, this one seems to me like they could have done something a little bit more interesting uh, just to make it somewhat more punishing. Cause right now I don't really see this as even really a problem. Basically it says flip to Steve Rogers, discard a card and you're fine. Well, and, sure. Well, I mean, you still so
0: miss out everybody. on a swing and year four, like it, it affects think. you. We just haven't, uh, what, well, as opposed- this happens
1: at the, at the end of the turn so you've already done everything
0: right but you'll go into the next round exhausted
1: yeah but then you flip over to cap pitch a card and untap him yeah, right and then-, then you're a
0: normal character you're not cap anymore and you lost a card
2: you know, you know because no, no. well you can only use his ability once per turn so this basically yeah. soaks it you can either lose half your hand or you can lose one card and soak his ability for the turn both right. are both are pretty crappy but not that i mean i would much rather lose the card and his ability than half my hand but i guess it it depends on like the situation in the game if you're about to die maybe you can't you, sure know. but
1: every other character can't do that they have right. no option they're stuck in ultra ego mode and they're stuck being exhausted yeah Yep. Captain America goes, okay, I'm back to Captain America, pitch a card, I'm fine. So to me, that's a lot less interesting than everybody else, because every other character has to like, not only lose the turn, but you have to find some way to help participate with your team while being you know out of the game. Cap can just get right back in and do this all day. So for me, it was a lot less interesting mechanically, because it's not very punishing, I feel, compared to everybody
2: else. Yeah. Now, what is punishing is Cap's nemesis. and and i'm gonna let jason intro this guy because he's already brought him up uh previously has an affinity for this character and uh i think it's gonna be fun so go ahead jay
0: yeah so to reiterate uh we have baron zemo he is uh, a unique minion with one scheme three attack five health uh i was gonna bring it up sooner but now is the time uh you know you can't just take him out with a shield toss i think that's real cool design uh he's a hydra elite he has quick strike so he immediately attacks if you're in hero mode uh while baron zero is engaged with you you can't thwart period and um while i'm i'm going to want some uh clarification uh we'll try to suss it out but i'm pretty sure it's one thing i've been confused about in general in this game is like a lot of cards have designations of this is a thwart card this is an attack card and i'm under the impression that you can't even use like thwart
2: events i would agree that's with that that's
0: correct you were correct so uh he is he is commanding your full attention. And, you know, one thing, again, that I uh, always actually celebrate about this character is how goofy he looks. And, like, he just commands, like, your attention and he stands out and he knows it. And, like, back in the day, you know, comparing, like, old identity to new identity, he used to be kind of Cobra Commander, like, sniveling <laughs> in
1: the corner,
0: just kind of like... Uh, you know, wringing his hands and like, yes, my minions are going to, you know, Hydra assemble and fight them. But he more recently got somewhat transformed in the same way where like Cap is a field general on the front line shouting orders and facing the the threat head on. Baron Zemo is a front line guy who is the threat head on, like he's He's carrying the forces. He's inspiring the Hydra soldiers to be aggressive and to be dangerous. And he will tie up, you know, Cap or whoever's there so that, you know, the superhero has to deal with him while, you know, all the Goons can, you know, cause chaos and freak people out. And that's literally what the card art is showing, and that's what his ability is. And I, I like the idea that Quick Strike gives this, like, deadly impression that he's smart enough to attack you at the right moment. He's a really great swordsman, you know, caps the shield, Zemo's the blade. And, you know, he's scary. I like that he's scary, and I... For the last time, I think the art's incredible. I still use this face as my Discord avatar because of just how menacingly this card is looking through you as the player. Like, deal with me right now, um, or you know, people are gonna get hurt. People are getting hurt. There's a guy exploding on the card. <laughs> you can't. You can't do anything about that till he's gone. And, my leg.
2: And he can. I just love, he can take a shield toss and keep coming. Like you're going to need more. I just remember, like you say he looks goofy and it's like, he's like purple with like, you know, like furry shoulders, but as goofy as he looks, I remember in the comic books how much kind of fear and respect he drew from the hero characters. They knew that he was no joke. They knew that he was going to be challenging, uh, the heroes even these really powerful superheroes and Avengers knew this guy was, was, a, was a problem and that they were going to have to struggle to deal with him and if the characters themselves feel like that I think it just it tells you everything you need to know um, they do not find him trifling they find him incredibly troubling and, and that, that really informs you know his entire vibe to me
0: he often would like charge multiple Avengers by himself too. Sometimes he, he really likes breaking into the tower and then, you know, being like, ha you know, I've caught you and he will attack you head on. And again, like he's, you know, he's not anything special, but the like, you know, I don't know if he's brave or psychotic or both, but he's just, <laughs> he's just a force to be reckoned with. And he's, he's cool for a, purple, almost like world wrestling belt wearing (laughs) 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 golden tiara, almost crown wearing weirdo. But, uh, I, yeah, I have just always thought, you know, sometimes you have to stand out to make a scene. And I feel like that's the way he's always been written. Like, you know, he's just a snake in the grass and he's ready to, you know, Terry of heart.
2: Any
1: thoughts on Zemo there, Sugi? I think he's very well designed. Um, as I've been saying in all these episodes, I'm loving this game because of theme. And this is exactly Baron Von Zemo's character. In fact, if you go and buy some trades or go and use the Marvel unlimited, website or however i highly recommend finding some issues with baron zemo because he's a very very tightly wound villain and he's very fun to read just because of how intelligent he is and i love him like baron zemo is one of my favorite villains just because he has this weird sense of honor and at the same time like he's also just evil but sometimes that sense of honor will make him work with you because that's the right thing to do and then after he completes his mission he'll stab you in the back because he's evil and you're like wait what and it's it's so 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 fun to read um, he's always three steps ahead of you which means the not thwarting makes complete sense um, he's tough to kill like he's very hard to deal with and so his five health represents that like you have to allocate resources to deal with this character you can't just show up punch him in the face and he goes away Um e- He's not a very schemy character, so you know, like I don't know. I just love if I see this card at the table, I'm going to squeak because it's like, yes, he's here. Crap, what do we do? Help! Um, you know, it's 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 just fun. Like he is fun.
0: And if you need one last reason to laugh at him, his first name's Helmet. Yep, Helmet
1: <laughs> Zemo, and it's H E L M U T, not H E L M E T. Like he's helmet
2: Helmut. Helmut von Zemo um so we've covered most of the stuff but coming with your cap cards your cap nemesis uh your cap uh um underwear obligation yeah your your underoos uh you're gonna get (laughs) a a few uh aspect cards that aren't included in his pre-made deck the only one that we know about is a protection aspect card uh zero cost event called expert defense uh it's a hero interrupt defense. When your hero defends against an attack, it gets plus three defense for that attack. It also will give you a, uh, a mental resource if you decide to spend it that way. Do you guys have thoughts on this? Very good. Very, very good. It's interesting to me because
0: uh, one of the rules I like about the game uh, as far as like risk diversion is you have to decide if you're defending before you see the boost card. And so you don't know if Rhino's going to, you know, with his, depending on what form, like three or four base attack, he might flip a three and hit you for seven. So you're like, well, if I don't block, there's a small chance he will just knock me out. So I got a block, but there's times where he'll flip the nothing, you know, like some of the cards in the, in the villain deck don't give uh, boosts. So it feels kind of wasteful, but you never know, like you might get, I see it as almost like a critical hit uh, where the, the enemy just wallops you. So you have to choose to play this card, you know, before you take the hit, um, which makes it a little trickier to play, but um, that adds to the skill of the game. And I think that's really interesting. And also what I like about this card is this juices up characters, that don't have high defense values iron man for all of his you know heavy casing he only has one defense uh and interestingly most of his cards add to his hit points they don't make him tougher you know captain marvel her helmet gives her defense and her aerial card allows her to shrug off three damage in response to getting hit but you know expert defense can make a Iron Man protection build more viable because then he can start taking hits after he adds an armored vest and then he adds this to it and he can actually start, you know, taking shots and throwing it back. And I think that's neat that cards like this can help characters that may not fit the protection aspect as well as others. I'm not saying you can't play protection Iron Man. I'm definitely going to give it a shot. I think there's some cool things you can do uh with that um but he's going to struggle until cards like this hit the field and i think it's going to be a lot better
1: you know what's really fun is hearkening back to falcon if someone is playing falcon in their deck you can see what the next three cards are and determine what extra boost pips come out and make a determination okay am i going to play this and block and get that plus three defense
2: Absolutely. Uh, So that means that one person needs to be playing leadership and one person needs to be playing defense, but that's a lot of synergy right there. And, And it does have cap on the art. So it seems like this, the idea is, is that, hey, if you want to run cap with defense, here's like this amazing way to get him like way up there and i think especially good against claw and especially the higher level claws where they're playing multiple boost cards per attack uh this this card could be pretty darn good
0: and then just to be a stickler uh this card crafts me up a little bit because it has exaggerated perspective look how big that shield is look how big his hand behind the shield is compared to the <laughs> rest i mean it's a dynamic shot it's an action shot like it's comics but i looked at that earlier today and i was
2: like Holy crap, that shield's the size of his body. <laughs> but it's cool. He's, he's got a Miss Marble fist. <laughs> yeah, it's right? Awful. It just it grows
1: with him, depending on the angle of the shot. Maybe, yeah.
2: maybe that's his Hulkbuster shield. <laughs> and, and there are going to be a, a, a play set of cards for, so I think there's three of each, for each of the aspects. You Obviously, you get a leadership deck with cap you're gonna get a defense an aggression and a justice card in the pack which is makes it even more fun to pick this up and you get a little bit more stuff to play with in your other decks or your other uh, aspects so I think that's a really awesome way for them to release new cards um and i can't wait to get this
1: yeah can we just fast forward to friday where we can all play together <laughs>
2: yes, yes i would love that uh so i think we've covered everything in cap but uh a question that i wanted to pose to you guys because we talked a little bit about the avengers assemble art is there's one hero left uh, unannounced and there's been a lot of speculation flying around about who that hero is and my feeling is is that it has to be an Avenger. Everyone so far has been one. People are tossing around like, oh, it could be this, it could be that. And uh, I just wanted to know if you guys had any speculations about what the unannounced hero is. And I'll tell you who I think it's going to be. Thor. Oh, he's already been announced. He's announced. He's, yeah, it's the he's one in one the af- af- book. One in after Thor. I, I guess technically, maybe, kind of, sort of. In one of the live streams, they said that He's going to be the, the one after Miss Marvel. So I'm talking about the one after Thor. Yeah. And if you oh. read the
0: How to Play Rules, it says look forward to the.
2: Oh, I know.
1: I know. To- okay. Well, I saw that. Uh, I'm going to say Hulk or Ant Man. Or I guess technically it would be Giant Man for original Avengers because he'd be. Well, yeah, that was right. It was Giant Man first. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So now that I've read a lot of Miss Marvel, or at least some Miss Marvel, she occupies a fair amount of the same space as ant-man as far as a power set not that you couldn't make two interesting and dynamic characters but i'll i'll actually say it this way you know as fans of the shows probably noticed like i'd be really excited to play ant-man but i'm crazy excited to play ms marvel and if she's the surrogate of the ant-man uh design type i will be happy with that for a while um so my Drive for Ant-Man is actually watered down slightly. I'd love to play him, but I don't feel like uh, he would bring a whole lot different than her in totality, that another character couldn't shine more. Uh, I do know there's speculation uh, for Moon Knight, um, who's a pseudo Avenger. sometimes. He's kind of a loose cannon, but other Avengers that I really like, uh, that's, that's actually so- tricky. And I'm going to uh, roll it to Sean.
2: So so here's my thinking on this, is that uh, I don't believe that they're going to release any characters that are already in the core set. And since Hulk is already in there as an ally, uh, I don't think he's going to be the last uh, hero. And the other thing that I think is that they've, they've announced two male and one female hero Uh Cap, Thor, and Miss Marvel. So I have a, a strong inclination that the the other character will be a female Avenger, and I'm thinking who's a female Avenger that's not at all in the game yet, and it's Scarlet Witch. Ooh. Uh, and she's pretty. Don't get my
1: hopes up. She's, she's an X X Men character.
2: She's she's like big in a lot of the storylines. She's big in the game, and and I honestly was shocked to not see her as an ally in the core set, so I was like, ooh, there's got to be a good reason. So that's my speculation. Scarlet Witch will finish out the initial four-hero offering, um, and that's what I'm hoping anyway. I think she's quite a bit different from all the other characters they've announced, uh, and they have a penchant for strong female characters, and I'm hoping they keep that up Uh, So that's my speculation. I just wanted to run that by you guys and see if you had thoughts. They
1: could do Black Widow because she was an OG. I know, but like technically her and Hawkeye were OG Avengers. So we could see them get a hero uh, alter ego printing before. I I want Scarlet Witch, but then you're opening up a huge door for X-Men and
0: Quicksilver and all of that. Awesome. Hawkeye was a sir
2: before he was an avenger how dare That's you That's technically
1: okay well, technicalities. That, that, all right all right i see you
2: i just think initially they're not they're just i think they're gonna not have multiple versions and then next set i imagine things like daredevil and hulk and characters that are already in the game as allies are going to start showing up as heroes as well but i just don't see that overlap initially but we'll see I'm, you know, here's fingers crossed. Here's hoping
0: I will cast my vote again for Iron Fist.
2: Ooh, I was <laughs> not okay in the game, not in the game. Iron
1: Fist. I mean, I'm if they are like, oh, hey, X-Men, here's some Gambit, and Nightcrawler. I'm, I'm just going to squeal. Well we,
0: well, we have the rest of the defenders. You know, we have. Daredevil. We have Jessica Jones. We have Luke we Cage. have Luke Cage. Yep. Yeah. So yep, It's so. true.
1: It's true. Give me Fists. Or if they did a fantastic, I I would be so happy if they did a Fantastic Four big box. They're like, here are four new heroes.
2: Yes. Okay. Uh, they have to do stuff like that. I I imagine that some of those designs are already in the works. I wouldn't hate a
1: Guardians of the Galaxy, but I really want Fantastic Four or x-men oh man just if they ever do x-men i'm totally opening up the show with the uh the 90s theme song nice get us copyright
0: struck it'll be great
1: oh we're already uh it's too late for that now
0: (laughs) all right so to cap things off oh oh, yeah we do have one fan question we actually got it this morning so uh we're gonna end on that and from our fan
2: oh this is actually from the daughter of the guy i shouted out earlier uh for getting me a copy go ahead jay
0: yeah this is from our fan belladonna mystery uh will venom be a hero or a villain and is there space for a villain to maybe become a hero so i already brought up that you know in promotional art and materials for the game and there's even a card already in the game uh that has venom on it it's a villain Uh, card yeah it's it's a treachery card it lets the villain attack again um he i hate that card by the way (laughs) uh venom is also on the giant playmat that you can get uh, for like the four-player play mat with all the villains across the top. Of course, like Thanos is there too. But uh, it would be weird to me if they used art for characters that aren't coming for something like that when that's supposed to represent a host of villains. So I strongly feel that uh Venom will eventually be the down the pipeline. Maybe not soon because we already got Goblin. So like spread the love on the villains for different characters before you double down on Spider-Man. I mean, I would love if Venom was the next one. Absolutely. But I would also understand if he was held back for the same reasons. So, but as far as his, uh, as I always liked it being referred to as his lethal protector. persona, um, (laughs) Uh, my favorite convincing of turning Venom into a hero was Eddie explaining to the symbiote, uh, if the world dies, you don't have food. And then the symbiote's <laughs> like, oh, well, okay. Uh, so we're maintaining the food source? And he's like, if that's what makes sense to you, and then they're like, all right, we're going to be good guys, at least for now, at least to fight carnage, or at least to, you know... Whatever excuse. I mean, there has, you know, been the more recent heroic Flash Thompson version, although the Venom suit is still pretty nasty regardless, even in that iteration. Um, and he's kind of flip-flopped, good and bad. But uh, I don't expect to see him as a villain soon. I'd, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. Um, but I think he needs to be established as a villain first personally or if they want to do something really wild down the line he's a hero and a villain pack and you get
2: both that would be
1: don't even stop that you stop that yeah i I know know.
2: i was thinking that same thing i was like that's a very interesting option uh i don't know that they'll do it but god that would be cool like it's the hero villain pack you never know oh man you know the cost of what both of those packs would be like
0: you know like it's a double pack. I I would do it, take my money, you know. Yeah, right? Uh Venom's, you know, absolutely awesome. He's an iconic character. Uh one of my favorite artists. Heck, I'll shout him out right now. John Boy Myers just did an amazing uh variant cover to a recent Spider-Man comic of Venom that's incredible. Uh doodle it. You won't be disappointed. uh <laughs> Yeah, I think it's something we want. I think, you know, the game is flexible enough to allow it. I don't know how many times they would go to that well. You know, like, there are a lot of uh, villains that have flip-flopped or even converted. But it's one of those things where these characters are kind of established one way and are known as one side and, you know, like we've been talking about cap today and there's Hydra cap recently and oh we don't talk about that sure but you know like it- <laughs> theoretically you know an air quote goes both ways so to speak um I want it i I definitely want um venom as a villain 10 out of 10. I would appreciate villain as a playable hero but I can understand you know that being confusing or not selling as well although you know with the movie movie did crazy well i know not everybody loved it but that posed him as a kind of an in-between kind of an anti-hero
1: who knows i uh i think that the capacity for the game is exactly like you said you could see both uh realistically if i had to guess we'll probably see venom as a villain first and then potentially as a hero but the nice thing is As this game grows and as this game evolves, uh, there is also a capacity for unofficial fan stuff. And since there is no tournament scene, um, you know, there's no reason you couldn't create your own Venom as a hero. Like, logistically, as long as it's not just overpowered, why not? Um, But I think think we'll definitely see villain, villain Venom first with a potential Venom ally. Or maybe we will see something for, uh, you know, Venom as an actual hero card. Because I get the feeling that, like, they're probably not going to revisit a character that's got a developed kit for a while. Like, as the game grows over the next year, it's probably going to be, like, new characters, new IPs. So we probably won't see anything going back to, like, you know, the Spider-Verse anytime soon. And if we do, it'll probably be someone new, like, you know, Spider-Gwen... Uh, We might see, like, another villain, like, you know, we could see, like, you know, uh, Doc, I would love to see Doc Ock, or Mysterio, or the Lizard or something, but we're probably going to see more of the villain aspects, or the villain side of things, if we go back to a certain IP over than a hero, because there's so many different heroes that they can develop for people to play and enjoy, so... I I just don't see them going back to Venom anytime within the next year, but maybe it's possible. We might get like a big box Spider-Verse. We get like Miles Morales, uh, you know, Spider-Gwen, Spider. I'd love to see a Spider-Ham hero. I think that'd be really funny, but I don't, I don't have hope for that. (laughs) You know, who knows?
0: And then one thing I'm just going to shoot the moon with a speculation call here. And like, this is nothing I expect, but throughout, a lot of media of games and board games and the like um, that have had a superhero theme. It's not uncommon. It's possible that in a couple years or so, maybe, you know, there will be a Marvel villains version of the game where it flips it and you get to be the Ooh. bad guys and then it presets the heroes that you have to fight and you usually it twists the rules some you know legendaries done that like other other games who have used you know like their popular mmos and so forth uh it's also a possible way to make playable villains in which you know the set itself is everyone's playing villains and then i don't you know I'm just happy to have this game out now so I I don't need a villain set anytime soon (laughs) you know I'm sure some of you be like would you be able to play them together I don't know I'm not even saying this is going to happen I'm just saying it's a popular direction these games go to add a new take and evolve some of the rules and some of the ideas Um, but you know if we only stayed within the hero sphere the whole time I'm pretty sure we're going to be happy for years as long as this game's supported so uh, speaking of, I think we're uh, ready to uh, sign off and play this game ourselves. So Peace. <laughs> hurry up, hurry up. All right. Say the words, say the words. <laughs> so once again, as always, we have no powers, no ego, and no responsibility. Thanks for listening.